It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Eric Looney. There's a little story that Richard Wormbrandt uh, tells, and I'm going to start uh, this meditation this morning by reading this because I think it'll set the stage well. Two Chinese Christians shivered with cold in a cell. Each had a thin blanket. One of the Christians looked to the other and saw how he trembled. The thought came to him, if that were Christ, would you give him your blanket? Of course he would. Immediately he spread the blanket over his brother. It's such a short little story and so deeply impacting. I remember reading that when I was uh, probably 19 or 20 and young Christian, fiery Christian, desirous to serve Jesus, and then pondering the realities of what it means to actually do what Christ would do. If I'm in a prison cell and I'm cold, I'm thinking about myself very likely, and I'm thinking about how this one little blanket is my shield against uh, freezing to death. And so the thought, if that were Jesus next to me, what would I do? This is the one who gave up his life for me. This is the one who suffered and died for me. The one who called me even when I was unlovely and dirty and unclean. Would I give him my blanket? And so I think the answer in this is so telling. Of course he would, it says. Immediately he spread the blanket over his brother. So the reason I'm bringing this up and the reason I named uh, this particular Daily Thunder episode, Would You Give Him Your Blanket? is we are living in a time that is very similar to this. It's a lockdown. It's a quarantine season. It's a lot easier than what these guys are going through, but it has a similar nuance to it. And that is that anytime you are in a trial, anytime you're in a difficulty, it heightens your sense of self. It heightens your sense of what you need. And it, as a result, has a tendency to cause you to be grasping for what is yours. And if you have a blanket, you're going to hold on to your blanket. If you have toilet paper, you're going to hold on to your toilet paper. If you have uh, baked beans, you're going to hold on to those baked beans. In other words, mine is the message of the soul to the world around you. And yet a Christian is different. A Christian basically is willing to consider others as if they are Christ and to do unto others as Christ did unto them, which is a paradigm shift from selfishness, obviously. It's called Christianity. And yet, because it hasn't been modeled at a high level to us as the church, we oftentimes forget that this is how we are supposed to function. So let me give you a truth point. The life of Christ is always aimed purposely and aggressively toward the lowest, most humble, and inconvenient place. And so we must purposely and aggressively aim our lives in this direction. If you recognize that the lowest, the humble, most humble and the most inconvenient place seems to be where Christ goes, then we as Christians want to agree with the Holy Spirit. We want to say, God, take me there. So I'm going to call it the absurd behavior of heaven. We're going to see it in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says God, neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, what I'm describing, we all recognize. We, we see it. We see it in so many different spots throughout Scripture, 
that Jesus is going to do what no one would guess he would do. No one, you know, all the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, no one had it figured out what Jesus was going to do. The Messiah is going to come and be as a humble little lamb. He's going to be born in a, in a town of Bethlehem and laid in a feeding trough. You've got to be kidding. I mean, they knew he would be born in Bethlehem, but not, not laid in a feeding trough. He's not going to come in weakness, is he? And yet this is the character and the nature of our God. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, which means we need to give up our ways and grab his. And he is considering the weak around us. He is considering the lowly. He's looking at that blanket that you have. And he's saying, would you be willing to do with that blanket what I would do with that blanket if it was mine? And that's Christianity. So I've always called it the upside down kingdom. I'm not the one that came up with the term, but I mean, for literally, I don't know what it's been, uh, 20 some years I've used that term. And well, actually 30 some years I've used that term. And uh, Matthew 20, 16 says it really well. So the last shall be first and the first last. So the first is the last. The last is the first. The lowest is the highest. The highest is the lowest. The greatest is the least. The least is the greatest. The poor is the priority. The priority is the poor. The inconvenient is privilege, is a privilege. The privilege is the inconvenient. You see, that's not the way natural man reasons, but that's the way a Christian reasons. It's upside down. It's seemingly backwards and strange, absurd and beautiful. William Booth, uh, the founder of the Salvation Army, has had a big impact on my life, I would say. I mean, the, the modern Salvation Army isn't quite what it used to be. It was about salvation. It wasn't just about helping uh, the poor, which I think helping the poor is a wonderful, wonderful thing. However, helping the poor with the gospel as a priority is still uh, what I'm going to vote for. But uh, he was a very amazing man. And there was two sides of London at the time. There was the East End and the, the West End. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm guessing that's the exact same the way, way it is now. I haven't spent any time in London. But uh, the East End was possibly the most impoverished location on earth uh, at the time. And the West End was possibly the most uh, luxurious spot on earth. So the contrast was just extreme. And uh, William Booth felt called to the East End. And not just that, but to take his family with him to the East End. So he walks into a pub, which was just unheard of. Uh, for a Christian to even be in that pub in the first place, let alone with his, I don't know if he was 11 or 12-year-old son, uh, Bramwell. And he looks around and Bramwell's just horrified in even the fact that his dad is walking into this, let alone seeing the debauchery in that pub. And then William Booth says to Bramwell, his son, Bramwell, these are our people, the people I want you to live for. Whew. When I read that, I was thinking about taking my oldest at the time, Hudson, you know, who was right around this age, I think 11 or 12 when I, when I read this. And I was thinking, whoa, what a step to take as a father to introduce your child to a life that is so different and upside down that you would consider those as the ones you'd be ready to lay down your life for. But that's Jesus. So if we were to observe water, which you know, Jesus is the one that gives us the living water. It seems bent on going low, taking the position at the very bottom of every room it enters. You see, it bears this nature 
of Jesus Christ. We have a tendency to try and climb to the highest place in any room that we walk into, but water will always go to the lowest place. So we'll call it the principle of living water. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You see, out of our life is supposed to flow this reality. It's supposed to be water, this living water, this life, this life of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to flow out of us. And where does it go? It goes low. It is going to go to the lowest place in every room. So you walk into a room and what does the Spirit of God do within you? Look for the low ones. Look for the ones that William Booth was noticing, saying, Bramwell, this is the one we're going to live for. You see, who did Jesus live for? We know the answer for that because it was us and we were the low ones in the room. God came to seek and save that which was lost. So the concept of humility matches this well because humility, like water, is always drawn to the lowest place. I'm just going to finish with Luke 14, 7 through 11. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's upside down. Right now, let's not model our behavior based on what the world around us is doing. Even other Christians right now. But what is Jesus doing? You see, there is a modeling that Christ has given us, and the Holy Spirit wants to continue that pattern in us as the church and it is absurd. It really is. It is upside down. It is strange to this world, but it will change the world. You see, what Jesus did was strange to the world, but it changed the world. And this is what is required of us right now. We have a thin blanket in a cold cell. It's uncertain what's going to happen in this world right now. We don't know how the economic systems are going to survive this COVID-19 crisis. Some of us that lost our job don't know if we're going to get a job back. We don't know about our health and how long we're going to live on this earth. There's a lot of uncertainty, but there always has been, by the way, just as a reminder. Life is an uncertain thing. That's why we take today and we give it fully to Jesus Christ. And when we give it to Jesus Christ, let's remember what he desires to do with it. He desires to spend it on that which is weak. It's living water that is coming into a room today, and it's going to seek to save that which is lost. God's blessings. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellersley campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.